Absolutely, got a couple features here we're gonna cover. Um, we're just gonna go down the line really. Uh, some of the basic features. So last time we covered how to program your stations on a controller. So here I am on the dashboard. If if you guys recall, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into our demo unit here with our virtual controller center in our office in Novato. And we're just gonna go down the line here, a couple few features here. We'll start off with how to suspend your controller. So last time we were here, we created these stations here with our three different methods. Now we're gonna go in how to continue with the controller setup. Uh, first thing is understanding how to suspend your controller. So a controller suspension, if for whatever reason you need to turn off your controllers, make sure there's no irrigation for a set period of time. Uh, the Jane Unity controller gives you a nice option where you can pre-program a automatic stop and resume date uh, for your watering uh, in advance, right? So your contractor or your or your property manager doesn't have to go to the controller the day of the that they need to suspend a controller. If they know a week or two weeks even further out that they need to turn the control off for a few days, maybe for a private event or for construction, they can go ahead and do that. Yeah, hey, uh, Danny, I just want to mention a couple things. One, uh, I've got the chat and the Q&A open. So as people are watching along, uh, please feel free to uh, ask your questions in the chat or the Q&A. And I'll, uh, I'll pass those on to Danny. Uh, you know, we're really uh, excited and lucky to have Danny uh, taking us through this journey today on the uh, Jane Unity controllers. Um, he um, does a lot of training with our contractors, both in the field and our users over the phone. Uh, I look at him as a, a, a training expert. Now there's, there's a difference between being able to use our controllers and uh, teach somebody to use our controllers. And Danny's got that uh, special gift of uh, being able to teach that not everybody has. We find that with just a, a few people, but he's, he's definitely got it. So uh, thanks Danny for joining us. Now we're talking about Jane Unity, which is different than uh, the old ET Water Legacy product, right? Uh, but it's a different name. There's a few different things to it. Um, Danny, what do you hear? Is this harder for people to use or uh, is this more difficult? No, Richard, uh, on the contrary, it's very intuitive. Um, we've actually seen a, a large number of new customers with the new platform, uh, as well as our existing. And the one thing that I keep hearing is, hey, this looks pretty simple. Um, even before we, we get a chance to set up some formal training with them, they will say, hey, you know what, let me, let me take a, a spin at this, see if I can figure it out on my own. And nine times out of 10, they do that. And then they say, hey, I'll give you a call if I need help. So very simple. Uh, we cleaned it up, got a lot of the clutter out of the way. Um, some of the help menu has been just refreshed and made it a lot simpler, a lot of easier on the eyes to navigate. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, and uh, uh, what I think is it's the same legacy software with uh, additions. Uh, the basics stayed the same and a lot was added to it, like uh, things like predictive analytics for weather, right? Not just looking at uh, ET data behind us, but what's happening forward too. And, uh, and of course, doing an hourly calculation on ET instead of just uh, looking at something on a daily or historical basis. Correct, yes. Uh, some of those key features, some of the more advanced features that some customers really like, knowing how, having that visibility on that ET uh, total, knowing that it's live and constantly updated daily, um, hourly, like you said, uh, really gives a lot of customers a lot more peace of mind knowing that they can always go on here and compare their, their schedules with that ET data uh, throughout the day. 
Right. So, okay, cool. So the first thing you're going to show us, I think, is um, uh, how, how to set up flow sensing. Is that right? Yeah, we can jump to flow sensing. Um, one of the nice features, if, if you're not aware what a flow sensor is and how critical it can be for an irrigation system, uh, really a flow sensor, if installed and paired with the smart controller, that's kind of your eyes and ears of the system. Uh, so literally having somebody who monitors that flying uh, flow 24-7. So the, the flow sensor is monitoring it. Our controllers re, uh, reporting and, and seeing all the information and reporting, reporting back to our service and sending out alerts as needed. Maybe an unscheduled flow, something got stuck open. I mean, maybe a mainline broke. Uh, but if you have a flow sensor, uh, very excellent addition to any controller, really. Yeah. So, um, okay. So if I do have a high flow situation, um, that valve will be turned off and I'll be alerted. Is that right? Correct. Depending on your configuration of your, if you have a master valve, our system can turn this water supply off to the irrigation and preventing that water loss and yeah. landscape damage potentially. And then I have a quick question here from one of our uh, viewers. Uh, so I appreciate the interaction already. Um, uh, how do you, how do you clear alerts? Uh, when you get uh, so clear alerts, they go into your notification box up here, top right, and they're uh, once you view them on here, you can mark them as red or delete them as you go through them. Um, they can also be cleared at the controller. So when you go uh, to your controller uh, on site, it will display an alert. For instance, an unscheduled flow, it will display on there. Controller says push enter to clear, uh, push enter twice, and it's it's cleared out off the system. Okay, great. So yeah, just go to my inbox and I can delete them all or delete them one at a time as I, as I read them. Correct. You can also do it from the mobile app. Yeah, great. Sounds like uh, like uh, my Google Mail. Absolutely. So I'll go back in here to the controller. So from my dashboard, I'm just going to select, select the site I want to work with and then select the controller. Uh, we have our demo one set up here for flow sensors. Go ahead and enable that, your first step is to select the type of flow sensor you have installed out in the field. And one thing we've done really nice and convenient is if you select from this drop-down menu, you will see that a lot of the industry standards in landscape irrigation are already pre-programmed in here for you. So all you have to do is say, for instance, you have a net of one gallon per pulse emitter, 36 series, select it. Your case set and off factor already plugged in there for you. You mm -hmm. can move on to the next step. If it's not in there, you can select my flow sensor is not here. Type in a name for it. For instance, Flowmex is real popular now. Uh, the type could be a, a two-inch schedule ADT. And then all you need is your K value and the offset for any flow sensor, just about any, um, and, the and the system, plug that in there. Uh, and this could be um, access either from your instruction manual with your flow sensor or by contact, contacting that manufacturer's uh, information uh, tech support there. And then you just yeah, go ahead so, and continue. Yeah, so that uh, definitely, uh, you read my mind there. If I don't know what those values are, where do I get it? And it'll be on the uh, manufacturer's information is, is the best place to get that. Correct. So go ahead and continue. This is not the correct place one for that one. So we'll just go ahead with the preset one here, data industrial or common. We'll go ahead and continue. And the next thing you'd want to set up is your flow threshold. So this is the key 
component to setting up your alerts in the system. So this is when the controller on the support flow that is over normal. So this would trigger a high flow alert. Um, the bottom one would trigger a low flow alert. So your high flow, one of the standards um, we kind of set up is going with the 30% over and 30% lower uh, than learned. So after the controller learns the flow for each individual station, um, it goes off a percentage. So say for instance, you had a station that's 10 gallons per minute and it had a sprinkler break and it exceeded that 13 gallon because we're doing 30% here. Uh, if it goes over 30%, it's going to trigger an alert automatically send an email to all the managers assigned to the system. So we'll go ahead with 3030 and then uh, if you have large stations, maybe two inch, four inch main lines with large rotors uh, you, with flowing 100 gallons per minute, you may want to bump that down to 10%, really tighten it up. Or if it's a really small drip zone, for instance, you might want to increase the flow, uh, high flow threshold there. Next thing you want to set up is a leak threshold. So when you were, if you were to receive a alert from our system, unscheduled flow is anytime the controller does not issue a watering command. Uh, maybe somebody opened up a hose rib on a normally open, fully pressurized line. This will trigger it for any unscheduled flow. Or you can also set up to only send an alert if it's over a certain GPM. So one of the things that's real common out there in irrigation is what's called a quick coupler key. It's a way for the landscapers to access water, maybe to hose down a patio or, or a sidewalk, or sometimes they use that water supply to fill up their spray tank so they can go around and spray for weeds. Um, oftentimes customers on that normally open line will preset this to 15 or 20 gallons per minute. So they're not seeing that alert every time somebody opens up a hose bib or garden valve. Yeah, the one I always see too, Danny, on that is the baseball coaches. They always like to water after practice. And <laughs> Correct, gotta hose it down or, or water it down to get that home field advantage, slow down those speedy runners on the infield. Um, last thing here is learn station flow. So there's two methods. One is the first one recommended here. Select this option. The controller will water each station for five minutes and learn the flow. The other option is learn, high, learn the station flow when the scheduled watering is set to happen. Um, either option works great. I actually prefer the bottom one. It seems to generate your schedules, uh, your water flows a lot quicker, uh, especially if you have a fluctuating uh, water pressure. Maybe you have a water pump that has a pump delay. You need to set that up. So the system waits a few seconds before it starts learning flow. But again, either option will work great for you. And then finish, and that's it. That's how simple it is to set up a flow sensor in your system. So now if I go ahead and refresh my page here. So this is, uh, this is incredibly easy. And uh, uh, you know, I, I, had a, um, uh, I had a question though that somebody has asked here, if I set up my uh, flow sensing, and then maybe I added something to my uh, zones that my zone, my flow is going to be more now or less. Maybe I eliminated something. How do I get it to relearn? Correct. So you would go right back into your flow sensor option here on the controller level. And you can see here now this schedule, this controller is going to want a special schedule to learn flows. Um, all your information is still 
save here. So this is always up here and uh, you're able to adjust any of these settings at any time. Um, but say you were to add a station or change it, maybe you converted from a turf zone to a drip station, pulled out those big sprinklers and running a lot lower volume. You just go down here and select learn selective flow rate. So you would select that station that you adjusted and the system would relearn that flow next time it watered. Wow. So I can do it specific to the station. I don't have to do it for all of them. I can do it just for one. Correct. Not only that, you can disable some stations if you like. Say you had a small station. Um, sometimes customers set up a station that's for pump or pond fill. You can disable flow monitoring for that also. Okay, great. Next thing we'll cover is the suspend. Uh, we touched on it a second ago. Um, being able to turn your controller off in advance for a prolonged period of time. Uh, we make it very simple. All you do is select the date you want it to suspend. Like I said, you can look out in the future. Maybe you know, yeah, that July 4th weekend coming up and uh, you got those and you don't want that water to come on for a few days. We'll select three days there. Go ahead and turn the water off. And there's two options. So you can select the end date or you can select no end date infinite suspension. So if I know it's July 2nd, we're gonna be out there, gonna be out there for a few weeks. I wanna turn it back on when I decide we're, we're done with the project, I would come back in here and remove the suspension. Um, if not, you select the automatic date and then go ahead and hit save and that would send that, store that information in the system. The other option here, assume stations are fully saturated, very critical. So if you were gonna suspend your controller for maybe a day or two, uh, not a lot of ET gets backlogged on your controller. But say you were gonna turn this controller off for 30 days or 28 days. Uh, what the system does is it's constantly, it's always monitoring that water loss and ET data. So if you were to turn this controller off for 28, 29 days, and you did not select this assume station is fully saturated, it's gonna to try to make up that deficit when it comes back online. So very important here, if you're gonna turn off your controller for several days, go ahead and select this box. So the controller resumes with normal water behavior when it comes back online. So Danny, one of the things I think is that people do the suspensions because they say, hey, it's gonna rain for the next five days. Uh, so I wanna suspend my controllers, but is there any real need to do that for rain with uh, Jane Unity? Uh, no, not with Jane Unity. Excellent question there, Richard. Um, one of the things that's unique to our system is our forecasted rain option. So what we can do is in our forecast rain is we're always looking out into a forecast. We can actually suspend a controller up to two weeks in advance. So guaranteeing that you're gonna have uh, the most savings of that water that we can capture the most amount of water uh, before a rain event. So that's, in, that's, that's great, right? It makes it easy. I don't always have to be watching that forecast or I don't have to remember, hey, uh, it didn't rain as much as I thought it would, so I've got to unsuspend my controllers, right? Correct. Uh, it, it does it for me. And then I'm guessing too, but this is a question, um, if it was supposed to rain an inch and it only rained a quarter inch, uh, that's calculated into the ET data? Correct. Uh, we, we measure the amount of rain going down at each individual site. 
And if it wasn't innate enough water that we got from the rain event to refill that root zone, the system would resume its watering as needed. And what if it rained uh, two inches in an hour? <laughs> um, I know all that two inches isn't usable. Does, uh, does it calculate that as well? Absolutely, Richard. Our system uh, will touch on more in depth on moisture balance when we get to there on a different episode here. Um, but we, we, we calculate what we call effective rain, and that's the actual amount of rain that can be uh, taken in by a landscape, and that does go into the calculation of, of plant, available plant water. Wow, that's really cool. That's, uh, uh, that, that's really uh, well thought out. Absolutely. Um, and then one of the other thing is you can adjust this forecasted rain setting. So if you go in here to the edit option, you can actually select the percentage. So what at what percentage chance of rain your controller turns off? Uh, some customers might be very strict. They might want to drop this down to 10% chance of rain. If there's any chance of rain, they do not want to see the irrigation system come on. Um, some customers say, hey, you know what? I kind of want to set this myself. I'll set a high 80, 90%. And this is fully uh, functional, full, uh, that a customer can decide what triggers they want. A lot of customers will change this seasonally throughout the summer. Uh, we get customers out in the, in the desert area, Arizona and uh, Las Vegas, where, hey, they get all the rain one day a year. So they'll set this, this very high because they know when it's going to come, it's going to hit that high trigger level. Yeah, it's interesting, Danny. I, I've been you know, doing water conservation for over 20 years now, and it's hard to get people passionate about uh, conservation until uh, sprinklers come on when it's raining, and then they're really passionate. Absolutely. That's one of the things. And you always, if you're a contractor, you've heard the calls, hey, it's raining. My, why are my sprinklers on? Uh, this system here is going to prevent that from happening for you. Yeah. So like I said, we can give you up to 14 days in advance. Some customers of ours do 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 set it up that way for the winter, especially out here in the coastal region of Southern California. We know, hey, my landscape can go a week or two of the winter without watering. If there is a rain event, I want to capture that and suspend my controller as early as possible. So when that rain does come, I can capture all that in my soil. And then also uh, the system normally when running on full auto will determine when a station needs to water again. Um, but some customers have uh, regulations in place with HOAs or within the city municipalities where they're not allowed to water. So maybe for three days after rain, no matter what, doesn't matter how much rain, if it rains, you cannot water for three days later, you can set that up right here. Go ahead and save that. So anytime that trigger is of 90% chance of rain is retreated, the system's going to send the users an email saying, hey, your ET water, Jane, controller has suspended watering due to rainfall in the forecast. Yeah, so I just want to clarify a couple of things. We've got a question here about the percentages. 90% um, chance of rain, we hardly ever see that in the forecast. Uh, for me, usually it seems like it goes from 50% or 60, and then sometimes I see 100%. But um, again, whatever percentage you set, if it's a 10% chance of rain, Controller is going off for X amount of days. Is that right? Or 50% chance of rain, it's going off for X amount of days. Correct. Depending on your configuration here, for instance, three days after rain, if we do see, see that rain event, um, it does turn it off for three days. Uh, but we do also have a, a setup configuration where we can set the limit, the amount of rain to trigger that uh, three day off. 
Okay, because actually there's going to be some times where uh, there's going to be scheduled rain. Uh, I'm going to need a half inch of ET that day and I only get a quarter inch of rain. So I'm actually going to need some water maybe. Correct. So your system would automatically resume. Uh, in that case, if you're in a high ET zone, I would set this up to one or zero days after uh, to block. Yeah. Okay. okay. Very nice. But uh, really, if I just uh, let the uh, scheduler in Jane Unity do this, it'll take care of all this for me. If... Correct. Correct. So this zero days, if you have that high ET uh, in the summer where you do get your rain and then uh, maybe didn't capture it all, um, you can say so waters, it's an, it's enabled to water the next day, but it will still delay the watering if your root zone is saturated. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay. Other option here for rainfall suspension is you can select individual zones to respond to that rain suspension. Say, for instance, station two here, maybe in, in an atrium or under a patio where the rain won't hit it, you can make it so that station does not respond to that rainfall. Okay, next thing we're gonna cover here is your block days. So the controller, you can go in here and set up a block day. So the day, maybe the day you want it to, you're gonna mow out there, or you, sometimes contractors like to turn water off for Saturday or Sunday because uh, they want to make sure no interruption to their weekend. Um, so all you do is literally select the days you want it, the station to be, the controller to be off. Nice thing is you can turn off specific days for individual stations. So say, for instance, Monday's your mow day. You want Monday the system to be dry, but you can still want that shrub zones to water. You can leave that open for that day. Yeah, so one thing uh, I think is important here is uh, a lot of people like to water at night. Uh, especially if they're watering uh, uh, HOAs, things like that. So if I'm starting a schedule at 10 o'clock p.m. in the evening uh, on Monday night, and it runs till Tuesday at uh, 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., if I block just Monday, will that do it? Or do I have to block both days? So we can just go in here and, and, and show you that, Richard. We're gonna go ahead and select a block Monday and we're gonna see on this controller, this controller blocks the day of, and depending on your water window, we will see here, we block Monday and it's not gonna water Monday. So whether it's morning or evening, uh, that day is gonna block the day for you. So this controller, maybe your traditional control, you, you'd stop your Monday night watering, that would lead into Tuesday morning. Your Tuesday morning is still open, so your irrigation control will water essentially Monday overnight, but after midnight. Right. So if I so if uh, if Tuesday is my mow day, then I need to block Tuesday. Correct. You would need to block both days there. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's what's key is if you have that carryover midnight's the uh, midnight's the point. If you're carrying through that with a schedule, you have to block both days, or right. just the second day. Correct. Okay. Last thing we'll cover, Richard, is your water window. And this kind of helps with your block days as well. Uh, our controllers, our initial setup is one watering window. You can set up the time you want to start. And, and so this is telling the controller the, what, the hours that it's allowed to water. Normally overnight for more custom, most customers. 
as you can see here, we got a five hour water window. Um, recommendation is only 10 minutes. And that's because not only do we give you a water window, you can see this left column here is our water window, but you also have a window called anytime watering. If you want your stations in any in individual or particular water window, all you do is click and drag them to that water window, go ahead and click save and you see it'll update now. We need 34 minutes for that water window. So it tells you how long it needs to water if every stage is stacked up on one day. You can also enable a second water window. It's your evening water window. Now you have two water windows. So this is where it, it, you can get real uh, smart with your, with your watering schedule. Say for instance, you had your turf zones and Monday was your mow day. You can set those turf stations in your evening water window. And now these stations, you can set up to where it blocks Monday and maybe it'll come on Tuesday morning or Wednesday evening, depending on what days you want. Um, but you can set up multiple start times, morning and evening, and still have your anytime also. So some customers like to run a drip stone, for instance, during the day, if they have a real tight water window and they have municipal restrictions where they just not, don't have the time of overnight and the time allowed to fit all their stations in. So um, Danny, help me out here. Um, what is an anytime station? When would that water? I mean, who chooses when, when an anytime station comes on? So the system will automatically prioritize what stations come on in sequence, um, but your anytime stations will start watering as soon as your uh, evening or morning water window end. So this would normally be at the end of the morning water window. So at three o'clock a.m., any stations that were in your anytime stations would start watering. Mm. Okay, and then um, and then I heard too, or I was reading, I think, on the website that uh, uh, Jane Unity selects the time of day in which uh, ET is the lowest to water in order to eliminate uh, uh, water waste. Is that is that true? Correct. The, the system will water at the lowest point at ET minimizing the evaporation factor. Yeah, fascinating. Okay, great stuff here. We'll go ahead and time's overlapping. So one of the nice things the feature says is if uh, these water windows are in, are crossing into each time window, the system will uh, advise you to change your, your watering time. So we can change this to 6 p.m. Midnight. 4 p.m. 7 p.m. And now we'll let us save that watering time. Okay, and then we're not getting that overlapping uh, notice again. So correct. The system system does have these little fail states in place to, to help you with your scheduling and programming. So why would somebody want to put something in a water, one station in a water window and one in any time? Uh, a lot of times it uh, has to do with uh, the municipal restrictions. They're only allowed to water during some times. Uh, a lot of customers that I come across uh, like to run all their turf zones in the evening, especially like around parks. Uh, a lot of senior citizen communities like to do that. So that way when, the, when people, early bird risers wake up, sidewalks are nice and dry. But anytime, a lot of time, maybe it's a back slope. They don't mind when it, when it waters a drip zone where uh, there's not gonna be a lot of 
evaporation loss due to the system running above ground or overhead spraying. Um, but just is uh, the biggest component there is is their water window. How much? How many hours they have available to schedule their watering in? Yeah, I'll tell you what, Danny, with the potential of uh, some real uh, water shortages and uh, drought declarations this summer, uh, being able to change up these water windows and adjust is going to be really important uh, to, to people this summer, I think. Correct. Absolutely, Richard. We hear uh, a lot more water restrictions coming in play this year. Yeah, Our, our restrictions are coming back. Well, listen, as always, you made it easy today to uh, learn this information. I, I really appreciate that, you know, covering five things in a uh, in a 30 minute uh, window. Uh, that was our learning window today. Uh, I, I thought might be a lot, but you laid it out in really a simple, easy step. So uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, Danny, thanks very much for being our guest today and taking us through that. I want to thank all the attendees for attending today. Uh, we, we appreciate your interest in water conservation and uh, your desire to uh, manage water uh, responsibly, uh, responsibly and efficiently uh, so that everybody benefits. So thank you for that. Uh, remember, all our trainings are at uh, janesusa.com forward slash trainings. Uh, we've got all our recordings there. They're free to watch. Uh, we're also on uh, Google, Apple, and Spotify podcasts and iHeartRadio now too. So you can uh, listen during the day as well as you're working. Uh, or, uh, or driving from uh, job to job. So again, Danny, thank you. Uh, thanks to everybody out there. And uh, uh, we'll see you guys all back here on uh, Friday, where we're going to be talking about uh, irrigation systems for uh, indoor uh, cannabis growers. So it should be a really interesting uh, uh, subject on Friday. Thanks again, Danny. We'll see you in a few weeks for, uh, for the, the next level of training. Thank you.